0: Welcome again to another episode of the Ryan the Noise People Podcast I'm of course Ryan And as you guys know this is my podcast And today's episode is about the miracle on bourbon um, It's kind of hard to imagine that five years ago today At this time five years ago today I was at a bike shop Getting a, a, a tube inserted into a tire die bolt in the lower ninth Ward uh, uh bike that I bought in the lower ninth Ward It's kind of hard to imagine Because it's like You know Time always does go by fast Especially when you live in a place like New Orleans Um The thing is Looking at it now Five years later The miracle on bourbon Um I always pointed out that Um the Miracle on Bourbon I think resonates more with me now than ever before and uh, and I'm going to tell you guys a story about what happened. So about 8 years ago I befriended this young lady named Katie and I had developed a crush on her. So when i was working before i was started my first job in the city before i started my first job in the city i um was completely bored at home so i started taking all these photos around the city so what ends up happening was that she was like oh i want to come visit like come visit the city i was like okay you know i'm not thinking that's going to happen because again People can tell me. People tell me everything. You know, and a lot of times when someone says, oh, I want to come visit New Orleans, I want to come see you, it doesn't happen. And I don't hold my breath. I don't ask people when is that going to happen. If it happens, it happens. Um, so after Carnival 2017, I get a tweet from Katie. And she was like, I'm headed to New Orleans in June. And I literally thought it was a joke. And she was like, I'm coming to New Orleans in June. And when she said that, she was like, I want to save time to meet you and everybody you want me to meet, which again was a complete shock. So at the same token, at the same token, at the same token, the next thing that happens is that in New Orleans we had four Confederate statues. They ended up taking the statues down. It took them two years. They approved of it in two thousand fifteen. The statues coming down, uh, the Confederate statues coming down in New Orleans. They approved of it in two thousand fifteen. The current city council, the city council, um. Mm-hmm the city council well, i mean they i think they were you know a lot of them were term limited like people like Latoya Cantrell they were term limited so they started taking the statues down in 2015 the the uh the confederate statues i mean they they approved in 2015 April 2017 they start taking them down the first one that went down was the battle of, Li, uh, of liberty place the next one was PGT Bogart. After, after PGT Bogart, then it was Jeff Davis. Then Robert E. Lee. So a month after Katie says this, they started taking the statues down. Coincidence? I don't know. I still don't believe it was coincidence. They just started to take the statues down. And ironically, I think the first one went down the first week of Jazz Fest. So then, that happens. Um, the next thing I know, the original plan—I was going to meet Katie at New Orleans to go. It was the—it was that wasn't the original plan. The original plan I was going to meet up with Mary Piper, Julie Carret, Mary Sawyer, and Katie. They were going to meet up. We were going to meet. I believe down in the Quarter. I think I want to say it was in the Quarter, but I do know that the next. Uh, the other plan was to meet. Was to meet at uh, New Orleans to go on Royal and Toulouse because I was working in the quarter. I was working in the quarter and stuff. So, so I was gonna go do my job. I was gonna beat her, beat up with her in the daytime because I'm like, there's no way in the fuck I'm coming back down here. I'm not coming back down here. In the day and at night. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Any of that shit. I'm doing this in the daytime. I'm not coming back down here at night. So, we get to the end of May. I quit working in the, uh, uh, the beginning of June, not the end of May. The beginning of June 2017, I quit working in the quarter and started doing work for Uber. And at the same token, the Skinny Love Hour, which was the show that Kiki and I hosted, we were counting down the days to the day that she was coming down. There were video postcards. There was all kinds of things. And um, I couldn't stop talking about it because for me, this kind of stuff does not happen to me. If anything, this happens to other people um i i'm not i'm never the beneficiary of that kind of luck so we get to the end of june um uh, wednesday that wednesday i had a panic attack and i thought i would have had to like postpone the radio show i thought i would have had to postpone it because i felt like the this sharp pain in my stomach it felt like a, it felt like someone just stepped on my stomach or whatever and I was going to go to the hospital. I was going to go to the hospital. Because my, my damn nerves were that fucking shot. Because I... In the back of my mind, I kept thinking, this is not going to happen. The, the, She's not coming here. This is all a joke. This is all a joke and everything. She's not coming here. So then... We go to... Then... I do the show. Aisling, my friend Aisling, she comes on the show. She's like, Ryan, please be on your best behavior. Overnight that Thursday, which would have been June 29th, my bike gets stolen. Bike gets stolen. I had to go to the Lower Ninth Ward after my radio show to go get another bike. When that happens, when that happened, um, when that happened, I got on my bike did some deliveries my bike this bike catches a flat, and I had to walk all the way from Gallier from Charters and Dumaine to Gallier and Dolphin and you would think well common sense would have told me to just take the order that I had take it back to the restaurant t- shut off my app and then and then walk back down, you know, walk back towards my house. Walk uptown, upriver, with my bike, with my bag, uh, to my house. But I wasn't thinking. I wanted to make as much money as possible because this was Essence Weekend. And I wanted to make a lot of money. Okay, so so then... Um, I go to Galliard and Dauphine. I take the bike. I take the, uh, the bike and the bag. And I end up waiting two hours in the Ninth Ward at 9 o'clock at night for a bus. I was at Desire in North Galvez. And it was just like... A, all this stuff that was happening was like an omen. Like, it was like this omen of bad shit is, about, is happening. Like this avalanche of bad things it's happening to me, and I don't think there's any way I can stop all the bad stuff from happening to me. I get on the bus and I go to Elk Place in Cleveland. I get on the uh, I get on the uh, the streetcar. I take the bag with me. I lock the buck the uh, the bike. I lock the bike. I lock the bike at Elk Place in Cleveland. I was gonna come back at like 7:30 in the morning to go get the bike. So, go to sleep. I go to sleep. I get up. Eight o'clock comes. I walk down to the to the um, to the CBD. First, I walk to the quarter. Then I walked over to the uh, CBD. I see my man's Greg, and I say, "Today is the day." And by that time, um, by that time, we were both keyed in on this happening on Saturday. It was not gonna be Friday. It was gonna be Saturday. It was gonna be Saturday at New Orleans to go. That's where it, that was the plan. Um that was the plan. So that happens. Eleven o'clock happens like about nine o'clock or whatever. I go get the bike I take it all the way up to Rampart and Girard, and the bike, the wheel, uh, the, rear, uh, the rear wheel was making so much noise that it got on my nerves, so I'm like, look, I'm not carrying this bike from the CBD to Uptown, I'm not doing that, it's too hot, it's like 92, 93 degrees, so I lock it up at the at uh, Gerard and and South Rampart, and then I end up calling uh, Fredo. He's the only guy I knew that had a truck. Called him. I say, Fredo, I need you to he- go uh, help me get this bike out of the out of the CBD because it's essence, and I don't want to come down here and deal with this shit. Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not going back down here. After I get this bike, I'm staying my ass. Uptown. I'm not coming back to the quarter or the CBD because it's going to be a billion people down there. And I don't, I'm not too much of a fan of Essence. Like now I am, but back then I wasn't. I really wasn't a big fan of Essence Fest. I was like, I don't want to deal with all these people. So I was in the car with him. I was in the truck and I was like, yo, if this happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I can live with it. So I get to um, 1 o'clock comes, 2 o'clock comes, 3 o'clock comes, 4 o'clock comes, 5 o'clock comes, 6 o'clock. And then I have another episode, another panic episode. I have another panic episode. And this time I was in my bathroom and everything. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I I can't breathe. I can't move. I can't do any of this stuff. And it was making me. You know, this this time it was making me very, very, very anxious. So I had another panic episode. And I remember texting Kiki and saying, am I going to be okay? Because I'm terrified that this is not happening. So six, about 6.30, whatever. 6.30 comes. I get up. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for a walk. I ended up walking... Down Washington, down Washington, all the way down to Corundal I think it was Carondelet, either Corundalet or Dryads. Walk, I think it was Carondelet. Walk up to Corundalet. Then I kept walking towards town on uh, On Carondelet, and then I made that turn at Howard, to St. Charles and I messaged everybody in my Twitter in my trivia group and I said it's not happening Um and I remember Aaron Swoboda was like what happened I was like there's nothing that happened this is not happening I am I've accepted it this is not happening so um I get to St. Charles and Gerard And Katie sends me a photo of the lake. And at the same time, Kate, Kate Gladow, tells me that I had to calm down. That I had to calm down because I'm freaking out. And by this time, I'm at St. Charles and Canal crossing into the quarter. And there's a million people out there. And I'm like, I didn't want to come down here. Why am I down here in the quarter? Because I don't like the quarter. I didn't. I don't didn't too much care for dealing with the crowds at Essence. You know, I wanted to be uptown where I knew where everything was, and I can kind of control everything around me. I can control all this stuff around me. So I walk into the quarter. I walk cross cross canal, get into the quarter on Royal, and I see Miss Louise. And uh, Miss Louise. Was this tarot reader who I befriended when I worked at the, with the when I worked at the ice cream company, and um, I talked to her for about fifteen twenty about five to fifteen minutes, and just talked to her about you know um, I was no longer working in the quarter, I was you know delivering food on my bike, and I told her that. My bike caught a flat, and um, she was like, "She was like, I could use her bike." That's all she said. She was like, "I could use her bike. I, I could use her bike." And I walk over to, I, I get the bike from her. I walk over to um, New Orleans to go. Greg and Rosie was working there. And they were the ones that knew we were all they were in on the plan. On the plan. Uh, on the plan and everything. And I told them I said, it's happening tonight. I'm meeting her tonight. Um, I talked to everybody in my trivia group. I called Fredo. I was at Barone and Calio, about the waiting on the light, and I told him, I said, Yo, it's happening tonight. I was like, It's happening tonight. I'm meeting Katie tonight. I didn't say it to her until I didn't really say it to her until I got home, because she had sent me a text message, and she was like, "What are you doing tonight?" I was like, "I'm, I'm meeting you tonight." That's what's gonna happen. I sat down at, on the on the steps of of my house and I said, "I'm meeting my Twitter crush tonight." I didn't tell anybody else. Like I was basically radio silent on the timeline. I didn't tell nobody, very few people knew what was going on. On the timeline, I think most people did know, but then there was some that did not know or was indifferent to it, that, you know, that's a story for another day. So I go and do some work, do some work. I was um, doing some work um, in a CBD and did one delivery in a quarter. I get done about 11, about 11.05, 11.05-ish, 11.10. So I run home. Run home. And I get on the bike. And I get, I get on the bike. I change clothes, shower, change clothes and everything. And the next thing I know, I got on the bike, went up Washington Avenue to LaSalle. LaSalle becomes Simon Bolivar. And the next, the first thing I thought of, was run five the next five lights going from Calio to Canal. The next four or five lights, uh, five or six lights, run them. And if by this time it's like 11, about 11 o'clock, 11.05, made the turn at La Salle, can't kept going straight until it became Simon Bolivar. Went up under the bridge, up under the interstate. As soon as I got. To um, Calio, I ran that light. That light at Howard. The light at Gerard. I mean, the light at Julia. The light at Gerard. Then the light at Poydras, and then the light at at, at, uh, at Perdido, at Perdido, and then the light at Gravier. So I ran like seven or eight, I think seven straight lights to get back to the quarter. So I get to the quarter, um, I'm on Cunty and Rampart. I walk the bike in, I see Miss Louise, I found her, she was in front of, she, she always set up in front of Cafe Beignet, right, uh, set up right in front of Cafe Beignet. She was set up at Kiel Antiques, there was a place called Kiel Antiques, Kill Antiques is still there, her, uh, her stand was right there in, uh, where Kiel Antiques is. Uh, Kiel Antiques is. So I see her, it's about 11.30 I think, and I was like, I'm going to go find Katie, and I want her wanted her to meet um, meet Miss Louise, so I give her her bike back, bike lock, and her key, I took off run and went up to St. Louis, because Katie at that time was saying she was at Bucharest Pizza, go in there and I don't see her in there. So then the next thing I know I get another text And she's like I'm at the Daiquiri shop Daiquiri shop is at Bourbon and St. Louis She's not there So I'm 0 for 2 The third third stop the The third one Was Boogie Boogie Or it was like in the 600 block of Bourbon And um 600 block of bourbon and on my way over there it's this street preacher that starts preaching and trying to talk to me about jesus and i said dude y'all get the fuck out of my motherfucking face get the fuck out of my face with this shit because if you want to live don't talk to me about this right now i'm trying to find somebody like he was like very pushy very persistent He was very pushy, very persistent And I'm thinking to myself I'm like Dude, I don't want to talk about Jesus right now You might be meeting Jesus If you don't get the fuck out of my way And he backed away He kind of threw up his hands He's like, alright, cool I'll stay out your way So I go to I get to Toulouse and Bourbon and i trying to find Boogie Woogie Being that I worked in a quarter And worked on bourbon for a number of months I, You would think I would know where Boogie Woogie was Didn't, didn't know where he was I, didn't, I couldn't find it So I had to look it up on, on my phone And then she brings up Willie's Chicken Shack I'm like, okay, I know where Willie's Chicken Shack is There's a million Willie Chicken Shacks in the, damn, in the damn city There's a million of them I mean, in the in the quarter, Willie Chick in the in the quarter, Willie's Chicken Shacks are just like Walgreens in Memphis. Like when I was a kid, they opened up so they had like thirty or forty different Walgreens in Memphis when I was a kid, and Willie's Chicken Shack is basically Walgreens with chicken. Except they don't have a pharmacy and shit. You might probably buy some drugs and in, in, in a Willie's. You never know. I, I never bought drugs from anybody in Willie's. So she brings up Willie's. I say, like, look, Willie's is in the, I'm thinking to myself, Willie's on this block. And the whole at the at, at, at around this same time, I'm like, Why is this happening? Why am I on bourbon? Why can't this happen on um why can't this happen uptown? Why can't this happen uptown? Why can't this happen during the daytime? Why does this have to happen? Like I kept asking myself these questions. All throughout the time I'm walking towards St. Peter, uh, towards St. Peter on, on, on uh on bourbon. I'm thinking, why is this happening here? I hate bourbon, I hate the French Quarter, I'm not that big of a fan of Essence, of Essence Fest. Okay, like now I am, because I don't work in a quarter anymore, but at the time, I was not a fan of the, of Essence Fest, I was not, because some of the vibes that I had gotten from tourists was really shitty, and I really was like, fuck you, get the fuck out of my city, but in this moment... It didn't feel like that. So I get to the middle of the bar, and I'm looking on my phone. I'm looking for Boogie Woogie. I see a Willie's Chicken Shack, and I'm like, oh, my God. She's not going to be here. And I'm thinking to myself, she's not going to be here. And then I hear somebody call my name. Keep in mind, this is Essence weekend. Finding somebody in a cro- on a crowded bourbon street. During Essence Fest That hardly happens Even if you Even Even Um Even If you know the person really well Among other things This does not happen The way it does So It's hardly anybody In this block of bourbon The 600 block of bourbon And someone calls my name and it's Katie. So we take the photos and I'm just like completely like completely like awestruck. Like it's like, oh my God, this really happened. And I remember talking to her friends because they were here for a bachelorette party. So I remember saying to her friend, Jennifer, I said, I did not think this was going to happen, all the way up to Friday. All the way up to Friday afternoon, I did not think this was. Go- I did not think this, this was going to happen. If anything, I just thought it was a joke. I thought it was fake news and everything. I'm like, she's really coming to New Orleans and she's really going to meet. We're going to actually meet up. So we ended up sharing a daiquiri together. We ended up sharing a daiquiri together. She ate a lucky dog. We went to. Um, this voodoo place on St. Anne and Bourbon. So we walked about three or four about four or five blocks and I think it was like around one o'clock that morning or two like one o'clock or twelve thirty that morning we get to Dumain and uh Dumain and um uh, what was it? Dumain and Bourbon, right in front of the Clover Grill. And this is when I had my I would say Casablanca moment whatever where Humphrey Bogart says you know we'll always have Paris so her friends go inside of Lafitte's in exile it's just me and her same time it was this guy trying to sell some aspirin pills to me and the next thing I know I cuss him out and then I told him to get the Get his ass up out the paint, and then I turned back and I looked at Katie, and I said, and I'm looking over at the Hibernia Building, the cupola for the Hibernia Building, looking at her, and I said, if I leave, you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna disappear into thin air, you're gonna disappear into thin air, and I'm gonna not believe that this is real, and. Honest to God on on my grandmother's grave, she was like, "You're not dreaming. It happened." That's what she basically said. "You're not dreaming. It happened." And I remember I talked to my man, J Money, I called my lawyer J Money, called cousin Rob, and I said, "I cannot believe this. I really it I really did this. I met my Twitter crush on Bourbon Street." And at the time, I didn't really think It was going to be like some life-altering event I never thought it was going to be like a life-altering event Um, If anything, I was just like, oh yeah, I just met up with somebody Like somebody from Twitter, you know I didn't think it was going to be like a life-altering event Or anything of that nature But then um, During the Saints season uh, the the 2017 season, um, Alvin Kamara kind of like helped engineer this comeback we had against Washington in the Dome, and I was like, you know, I I was like dead to the world and everything. And my cousin calls me, he's like, "Yo, the Saints are mounting a comeback," and I turn on the TV, and I'm like, "This is similar to what happened with me meeting Katie." and that's when it became dawned on me that this was like that that um meeting her the way it happened turned out to be some sort of a miracle because in the years and the months and the days after this a lot of opportunities opened up for me in the city not only that it gave me belief that I could do great things in New Orleans that I can do great things in this city it gave me that kind of belief it was something that I think we all need as people we all need a miracle we all need like a source like a a sign or something that allows us to achieve our highest potentials and i always believed that the miracle on bourbon changed my life it changed my life in this city i mean up until that point i could not think of anything aside from me getting a radio show that i did and then after the miracle on bourbon i look at oh my god i've been on i've been speak i've spoken at the Kiwanis club of new orleans i've appeared on i've appeared i've held a, uh, a tour drive for the last seven years I've done all these things in the wake of meeting Katie and I'm like where would, what would my life have been like if that does not happen would I have still been here in New Orleans um, would I still have, been, would I have still been in New Orleans what would my life have looked like had I not met her here in this city and the one thing I remember telling, um, one thing I remember telling my man's cousin Rob, I said, you know, that was the o- this was the only city where that could happen. It could never have happened in New York. I mean, not New York, but it could have never happened in Memphis. It could have never happened in Nashville. It could have never happened in Atlanta, or St. Louis. It needed to happen here in New Orleans, because that's the way it that's that's a story you can sell to any dick tom and harry if they wanted to create a film which heaven forbid will not happen but in the in the in the big picture of everything it was something that needed to happen for me because i needed some sort of assurance that i can do great things and i am going to make it in this city and that there are people Without a shadow of a doubt, booting for me, and I'm gonna tell y'all this one last story. When Hurricane Ida hit, um, my dad called me about 45 minutes before Ida made landfall in New Orleans. My mom did not call me. Katie was the first person to, uh, was Katie apart from everybody else. Katie texted me before anybody in my family even texted me Even though we had shitty cell service for uh, In the days after Ida Katie reached out to me before anybody in my family did And I remember when my mom had cussed me out And when she had said to a family friend That she would never come visit me I remember at first I was like I could've easily been pissed off about that. But I already know who's gonna come and visit me. And I already know who's gonna come who's gonna text me or something, check on me and see if I'm okay after a hurricane. And I think that right there how my mom was towards how my mom was after Hurricane Ida hit and the reaction and the and the stuff that she said about me uh in terms of visiting here and booking and you put that on the flip side of Katie coming down here to New Orleans, um, being true to her word and not letting me down and then checking on me after Ida hit I think in in in, in, in the in the in the scope of things, I think that's the reason why the miracle on bourbon still resonates today. That's why I still hold it in high regard. Because I told her, and Katie was on my podcast, she was on the podcast uh, last March. Um, I told her personally, I said, you didn't let me down. And it's like, you, I I would, I know for a fact, you would come down here and visit me or text me or, 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 send, or text me after a hurricane or tweet tweet me after a hurt tweet at me after a hurricane to see if i'm if I'm doing okay before anybody in my family would and for that, I thank you and that's how the story ends that's how the uh, this episode of the podcast ends that is so that being said, thank you for your time this time and until next time we will see you down the road.